Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people and Boon people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land we broadcast from. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal people listening in today. Abortion is the termination of a pregnancy after conception. If it occurs spontaneously, it's more commonly known as a miscarriage. And if it is intentionally caused, it's called an induced abortion or an induced miscarriage, but it's less frequently known as that. Colloquially speaking, the word abortion is often used to refer to induced terminations. And for the purpose of this episode, we'll be referring to all induced terminations simply as an abortion. According to Children by Choice, it is estimated that half of all pregnancies in Australia are unplanned, and half of those are terminated. Between one quarter and one third of Australian women will experience an abortion in their lifetime. There are many reasons why people terminate pregnancies. Of course, every person who has a termination has their own reasons and circumstances for doing so. On this episode, I speak to two women who share their abortion stories. Hello. That's my first interviewee. She's a university student from my alma mater who has chosen to stay anonymous. She starts her story with how she first found out she was pregnant. Okay, well, I was transitioning between birth control. So I was transitioning between the pill and the implant. And was in a bit of a shock when I went to my local clinic and had like a routine pregnancy test and found out I was pregnant because... My partner and I had recently broken up and like it wasn't a very nice breakup and we had been using contraception in the past. So I was a bit shocked and freaked out and was with a friend luckily. So I was comforted. From there, I pretty much went straight from the clinic to get a um, ultrasound. And... <laughs> Because I was in a rush because I didn't know how far along I was and like it had been a while since I had my period but I like that's pretty normal for me. Um, so I didn't know how far along I was. So I went straight to go and get an ultrasound and they sent me to this and sent me to this like practice where it was really obvious that most people who went there wanted their children and the ultrasound technician was like trying to show me pictures of the fetus and like essentially it told me that um, I was quite far along. I only had like a week to make a decision about whether or not I was going to terminate the pregnancy. So I had a couple of days to make a decision or whatever, probably before I had to book it in. And I knew in my gut straight away that I didn't want to keep the pregnancy. I was just starting my degree and the father and I weren't together and the whole thing just didn't feel right from the beginning. So I pretty much immediately booked in the termination. Um, I went with my mom and my friend, but it was really early in the morning. And um, I remember, like, I remember getting there, um, and I remember, like, waiting, and I waited for ages. And I just felt kind of numb, the whole process they put you through when they when you go into each doctor's office, and they do the psychological evaluation, and then, like, you know, if you haven't already had an ultrasound, they'd do an ultrasound, but since I'd already had an ultrasound, they didn't, they didn't think it was necessary and like talked about how far along I was and obviously like informed me about all the stuff with the procedure. And so then like I just was like waiting in the waiting room and like my friend was crying 
it was kind of funny because then when like they called out my name, they kind of thought it was my friends that was going in and not me. And I just kind of like walked out, walked into the room and like sat in the room. And then I remember waiting in the room after they'd given me the medication. And then I remember getting up onto the chair and I remember talking to the anesthetist and not really much else. I don't really remember walking out or anything, but my friend had told me that we'd been confronted by a group of like fundamentalist Christians on the way out. And um, I don't remember, I don't remember really what was said because obviously like, yeah, I was, you know, I had just been on anesthetic and whatever, but my friend told me they just made some comments about like, you know, made the wrong decision, blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, you're going to miss your baby and things. Um, but yeah, generally like pretty awful. They shouldn't, be, <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to be near clinics. Um, I don't really remember much of what happened, to be honest. Like, I didn't really respond much to what they were saying because I was just kind of out of it from what had happened. And then we drove home and I, like, pretty much spent the rest of the day at my friend's place and she was really comforting to have around. And I just kind of, like, ate ice cream and laid in bed and slept off the, um, the anesthesia. And, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I wanted to find out more about my guest's experience, so I asked her a few more questions, like, were there any signs of pregnancy? How did she even find out that she was pregnant? My period's always been irregular, so it was kind of hard to use that as an indicator of pre- It's always been hard for me to kind of use that as, like, an indicator of pregnancy because it's all, like, I will just suddenly skip periods due to other health reasons. So, like, I'd assumed that kind of everything was going normally because, you know, I was eating and sleeping the same. I was still drinking and, like, like wasn't having any, any like, morning sickness or anything like that. Like, to be honest, I, had, I was pretty symptomless and was kind of in shock to realize um, what had happened. So, yeah, and I was someone who had, yeah, not had many symptoms of pregnancy beforehand. And besides, obviously, not having a period, but... Abortion can be a pretty lonely experience, especially without support. So I asked my guest if she had any support networks during that time. I had other friends that were supportive, but I hadn't known anyone who had a termination. Like I was, I felt, I thought I was like, it was like a rare thing and not very many people, like people had them. I kind of knew in my gut straight away that I wanted to terminate the pregnancy. And like, as soon as I found out how far along I was, I was made aware that a medical abortion wasn't an option for me. I had to have a surgical abortion. Um, so in terms of payment, uh, I ended up paying for it just in terms, like my mom offered, my, luckily she is really supportive. I feel, I feel really blessed that she was. And I felt like my mom was like a really key person of support during this time. Like I know I've met others who haven't been so lucky. Um, but yeah, my mom had been, had offered, but I declined. I just, like, didn't feel right. Um, and eventually in the end, like, while the father at the time didn't know about what had happened, um, I later told him what it, like, I didn't inform the father that I knew I was pregnant before I made my decision because I wanted to make my decision on my own. But eventually over time I told him what had happened. He paid me, like, left money in my um, mailbox. So I guess, like, technically me and the father paid for it. While abortion is a personal decision, it is highly politicized. Laws regarding abortion, the process of seeking it, as well as the accessibility to abortion services, vary from state to state, 
from the urban to the rural. I asked my guest what she hoped to see for the future for those seeking an abortion. In terms of abortion accessibility, yeah, obviously decriminalize it in all states in Australia would be like number one. Um, number two is increasing um, accessibility in rural areas. So um, people who are living rurally don't have to travel long distances to get a termination. Better state funding as well in terms of like cost of procedures. Yeah, destigmatization generally. I feel like um, I, I felt really dirty after what, I, what had happened. And I don't feel like that was because of me, you know, feeling like I regretted what I did or anything like that. I never regretted what I never really regretted what I did. I just felt like, I, yeah, I just generally felt like I, like if I had told other people, they would see me as like a bad person. And I really felt kind of like ashamed of what had happened, even though I knew that it was the right, like deep, like I knew from the moment I found out that I was pregnant that I did not want to, like I didn't want to go and carry the pregnancy at all. Like I just had gone through a really messy breakup. I like knew that things would be complicated between me and the father. I knew that I was in a time in my life where I really both emotionally and financially could not support the child and like couldn't commit to, you know, being a mother. And yeah, I knew that I just like, I knew deep in my heart that I didn't want to be pregnant. And that marks the end of my first interview. I spoke to another woman who also had an abortion with different circumstances. Hello. This is Charlotte, and she shares her abortion story. I'd had an abortion, it was last year, in April. So I'd actually found that I was pregnant on a whim because I'd come back from overseas. I'd been overseas for like a week or two. Um, and strangely enough, someone when I was in Spain thought I was pregnant, and I'm like, I just had a lot of bread. But then people, when I'd come back, thought I was, and I... Usually get pretty bad jet lag when I came back, but I was just like in bed for ages and on a on an instinct I'm like, look, I'll take a test, whatever. And then I was pregnant and it was just not a right lifetime. Children is not something that's on the cards for me. Um, so it was kind of a decision that I wanted to make. My partner isn't a person who would want children and I knew that from the get-go, but the decision was made like, essentially exclusively of me considering his perspective in that but essentially what it was I was in between jobs at the time I didn't have family support so I didn't want didn't feel it was the right time even if I did want children so the way I kind of went through the process I'd previously gone to family planning um, they were working with all my contraceptives because it had issues with contraceptive before in terms of getting a referral to where I went to I ended up going in East Melbourne and they were really good about it in terms of getting that referral. Um, my experience at the service was mostly good. However, the first doctor who I saw at the service, um, the only issue I had, he actually didn't greet me but greeted my partner. But in terms of my involvement in the service as a whole, it was um, every other professional I saw there was good. In terms of how I was afterward, I think even though I didn't want, it was an unplanned pregnancy and I didn't want the child, there was still a process of grieving because as women we're taught to want children and try to unlearn that and essentially for me it was like a week between finding out I was pregnant and having an abortion because I just did it all very quickly 
And I think it was just grieving the quickness of that process. My partner was really supportive. My partner took the day off work on the day. So then that, I think during the time when I think I'm pretty sure during the time I was still, I'd be accepted for my new job, but I hadn't started yet. And I think I started like two weeks after the abortion. Um, so he took the day off, I think just the day off, because I think it was a Friday. So we had the weekend um, to kind of recover. But in terms of family, like a cousin knew, and that was kind of it. Um, my family didn't really know because I don't know how they would have handled that conversation. Um, so I just didn't want to make it any more difficult for me. So I kind of kept, I was careful about who I told. And I kind of only told people who I felt could be supportive of that. Uh, my friends, you know, close friends knew about what was going on um, as well. Um, my partner, even though he, for him, it was a very obvious decision for him, for what he wants. I'm like, this isn't your body. This isn't your decision. He recognized it was affecting me in some way and wanted to support me through that. So I did feel well supported through that. Uh, but it was still kind of, I think I was lucky that I was. I'd got in the time that I'd had the abortion and like that week I had a new job, but it was kind of like how do I feel like a functioning human uh, before I go back into the workforce kind of thing. So I think the timing was okay, uh, but I do remember being just crying a lot for no reason because I'm like my body's just different. One of the things that did help me when I was kind of just, like think I feel like I should be feeling something or when I was feeling is talking to other people I knew who had had similar experiences made my feelings more valid or me kind of understand that I just need, I was allowed to grieve even if it was a decision I made willingly. I asked Charlotte if she knew anyone who had a termination when she was considering one. So one of my friends who I'd worked with I happened to mention to her what had happened because in the previous job I'd worked with before I went to see overseas, I didn't know she'd had an abortion, but she ended up mentioning it to me and we kind of discussed that kind of process and what that was kind of like. So it helped me kind of know how to manage things around that time. I then realized I did need more of that community and I didn't always have the capacity to talk, want to talk to people because even though I had friends who could support me, there were friends who I did have, who I wasn't sure who would respond to that in a way that would make me feel okay. So I did, like, seek out online communities and feel valid in that kind of experience. Um, but it would take some time for me to kind of be like, I'm allowed to kind of feel in this. Um, I know that I did want to have it done as a surgery just because I knew I would have got anxious about taking pill that you had to take if you did it at home. I understand how some people would prefer that because you're in your own environment, but I've been worried about, I think I just felt I just I didn't want to be present for that, and I just kind of wanted to kind of be asleep and it be over. And I do remember waking up, though. I do remember waking up in that process and feeling quite weak when I woke up. Um, but I... I felt that was explained to me quite well. And when I had questions at the family planning center, they were really good at kind of being like, these are the options. These are the costs for these things. This is what we can do um, for you. And I felt they were really um, good in terms of being like, this is your body, your decision, your choice. Whereas I'd had a friend who a couple of months later 
um, had a much more terrible experience with their like local GP who wasn't validating of their choice in that. Charlotte mentioned that she experienced grief after her termination. I asked her how she managed that, and this was what she said. At the time, I was already on a wait list for mental health services anyway, so the timing worked out okay. Like when I had some intake phone call, I actually happened to be on my way to family planning. Um, But as services generally have wait times and sometimes they extend, they're like, you know, it's going to be this long. I'm like, I did explain to them, this is what has happened since I've been on the wait time. This is something I'm not understanding how to look into. I did look up like specific ones for like grief following um, an abortion, but I never actually ended up looking into them. Um, I think part of that was because I didn't know if I was ready to have that conversation. Part of that was starting a new job, and I think it was just kind of wanting to give myself that processing. And because I knew I had mental health supports that were going to be in place pretty soon, I kind of thought I just had to kind of wait it out. Having gone through the experience of a surgical termination, I asked Charlotte, what would you like to have been done differently? In terms of the practitioners, you saw so many people, um, and I think that can be overwhelming to see a lot of people. And kind of like they all would all would introduce themselves, but it was like six people that you would see. And it was kind of, it, it was a bit much being like, I'm kind of here for something that is kind of a big deal. Um, I would, like, I think one thing that could help with that process is if there could be, like, you were going to see X many number of people, these are their roles, so that people aren't so overwhelmed when they have to, like, meet another person and another person um, and kind of not know when they're going to actually have things happen. So I think that's one thing that can be difficult. I think there is that preconception that other people will even if they don't intend to have some sense of judgment and that will stop me from saying something. Like there are spaces where I am happy to talk about it, but I think it is something where I I wouldn't openly talk about it everywhere um, because of stigma, because of the expectation of being someone who mostly has things together to make a choice that was caused by something that was unplanned, um, goes against my character. Um, So there is that degree of shame in that. Um, And I don't think there should be, but I think there is a lot of unraveling in society to teach people that what body autonomy and respecting people's autonomy means, and that can sometimes mean that in cases of abortion, if someone um, has one respecting that even though you might not want one yourself, people have the right to make that choice. I'd like to thank my guests for sharing their stories and their thoughts on this episode. I would also like to remind listeners that there are many reasons and circumstances why people seek abortions. Abortion services, providers, accessibility all differ from state to state in Australia. My guests happen to be Victoria-based. Costs, procedures, and waiting times can all vary. For more information, you can have a look at the Better Health Victoria, Health Direct, and Children by Choice websites. And of course, a podcast episode is not a stand-in for thorough research or a stand-in for a doctor or health provider.
Thank you for listening. Say the podcast is self-produced and hosted by myself, Dallas Say. You can follow the show on Instagram at Say the Podcast. We'll be featuring special illustrations made by incredible artists for every episode. You don't want to miss out on that. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. You can find Say the Podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Wooshka, Acast, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, bye for now.